Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. On this episode, I would like to bring you through a little bit of the history of the diets that I've been on because I think some of you will understand some of the things I've done and maybe some of these diets you've already tried yourself. And actually, before I get into those, I just want to say the reason I'm doing intermittent fasting and the reason I think maybe it will work for you is not just for weight loss. It's got so many other benefits, but the thing that brought me to intermittent fasting originally was weight loss. So let me start with giving you a brief history of some of the diets that I've been on. And actually, the first diet I ever was on was when I got diagnosed with diabetes when I was 17 years old. My parents took me to a naturopath healer, and he said, when you have diabetes, there's a honeymoon period. He told me that he could prolong my honeymoon period indefinitely, but I had to follow his eating plan. And he essentially prescribed a ketogenic diet. So I think my honeymoon period may have lasted something like six or nine months, and it was, it was a pretty long honeymoon period. I know most people only get a few weeks to maybe a few months if they're lucky, but for me, I got something extended. And again, this was 24 years ago, so I don't remember exactly, but it was a pretty prolonged period of time. The diet that he put me on included a lot of protein and had very little carb. And I remember he said that you can have a whole wheat tortilla as your carb, but you can only have one a day. And the rest of the time you need to be eating chicken breasts and broccoli and things of that nature. It was a very, very healthy diet. It was just that I was completely miserable doing it. And it was something that I really had to force myself to do. I was only 17 at the time, so to have such a strict diet for a 17-year-old, or for anyone for that matter, it was just a very, very tough thing for me to maintain. I was able to do it for that six or nine months when I had my honeymoon period after being diagnosed. And so that was my first diet. Then when I got a little bit older, I moved to New York City and I started working and going to school at night and all these other things. So my weight started to creep up and I remembered back to that diet from the naturopath and that it was very, very low carb. So I did that again and I lost the weight. I kept a meticulous diary of how much I ate, times of the day that I ate, my weight. I would weigh myself every single day. I did a couple of cycles of that and I ended up staying on low carb for a few years and it works, it, it really works, it works very well. It's just something that is very difficult for me to maintain. So I, I did this for a while and in 2012, I was 32 years old at the time, I met my current partner, David. We went on a first date and we were at a bar and he ordered some appetizers. One of the appetizers was a crostini and I kind of had a mini panic attack in my head because at that point, I was still on a very low carb diet. So I was accustomed to not eating carbs, not bolusing for carbs, none of that. It was just, it was pretty foreign to me at that time. But anyway, 
I liked him and we were on a first date, so I ate the crostini. Everything was fine, but I realized right around that time that I was just so tired of that low carb diet. And I just said, enough of that. I'm going to eat whatever I want now. So I did that for about the next three years. And in about 2015, David and I had moved to Atlanta at this point. We were out of New York City and I was 35 years old and I weighed about 120 pounds. I wasn't quite at my 123 mark. That is sort of my, my high water mark. But my friend Anna, who I've known since childhood, also lived in Atlanta and she had discovered this program called the Bikini Body Workout. For those of you who haven't heard of it, it's essentially a circuit training that you do. It's 28 minutes a day and they have seven minute intervals. One day you'll do arms, another day you'll do abs, and then do legs, so forth and so on. It was a good program. It was very focused on taking pictures of body changes and things like that, so I didn't really weigh myself as much. I didn't change my diet when I did it, but it was a good program. I did it at the gym in my building, so everything sort of fit together. I think when I ended that program, I probably did it for about six months. When I ended it, I probably weighed something like 110. And I kind of lost interest doing the exercises. It just, you know, it was one of those things that faded. So fast forward to about three years later, it was 2018, I was 38 years old, and I decided to join Weight Watchers. This was my first experience with Weight Watchers. I've had friends that have done Weight Watchers, and so I thought, why don't I give it a try? It seems to be what everybody does to lose weight. I weighed in at the first meeting. I have all of my old notebooks still, and I was 122 pounds. I did the whole point system, and I didn't necessarily have an issue with Weight Watchers. I think it's useful in a lot of ways. It encourages healthy eating, and it's, it has a lot, of, a lot of positive features to it. However, I'm not somebody that likes to track everything that I put into my mouth. I also find, oddly, maybe you've had this experience too, that when you're in this tracking mindset, you kind of get hungrier because you're always looking to see what you've eaten that day, how many points you have left, and you're always trying to maximize. With Weight Watchers, they have zero point foods. So I did a lot of stuff with fat-free Greek yogurt, trying to think of all these creative recipes so I could eat more, but keep my points within the range. I just found it to be sort of unsatisfying because I would eat something that was satisfying to me, something maybe that had carbs or was something sweet and then have to go to eating strawberries or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with strawberries, but it just, it just felt like it, it was difficult for me to overcome my feeling of constantly being hungry. And so I ended up getting to what I considered to be my goal weight, which was 113 pounds. Remember, that's always kind of where I set my goal. And the way my mind works, I don't know if you're the same way, but when I hit my goal weight, I'm like, all right, I did it. I'm done. Now I'm going to go back to eating the way I was doing before and so long. That's totally the wrong way to look at things, especially if you're trying to maintain a lifestyle and weight loss. So obviously that's not a long-term strategy. At this, this point, I ended up at 113.6. That was my last weigh-in at the program. After I quit, another six months went by and surprise, surprise, May 2019, I ended up heavier again. I ended up at 123 pounds and I knew that I needed to lose the weight again. I had no idea how I was going to go about it. So I went back to the tried and true Weight Watchers strategy, but this time I just had no enthusiasm for it. This time it was a little bit different because I had a different meeting. It was held in a really beautiful church and every time I'd go there, they'd have some sort of organ music practice or something like that going on. It was just kind of a nice group and the 
instructor was really charismatic and the people were really great. So that's sort of what kept me going there. So again, I started at 123 pounds when I, when I went back and I made it to my goal weight of 113 pounds in October, 2019. Actually, part of the reason that I made it to my goal was through intermittent fasting. And that was my first experience with intermittent fasting. By this point, I had moved back to New York and I went down to Atlanta for a conference and I stayed with my friend, Anna. Anna's the same one that introduced me to the bikini body workout. She said, oh, I'm doing this thing called intermittent fasting. I had never heard of it. And she said, oh, I, I eat for eight hours and then I fast for 16 hours. She was doing a 16, eight, and we'll talk more about the fasting protocols in a future episode. But she told me during her fasting window, she would drink liquids that were low in calories, or maybe she had artificial sweeteners or some sort of milk in her coffee or something like that. So she was technically doing dirty fasting, but that's how I was introduced to it. And that's what I was doing too. I didn't do any research at that point. I just did what she told me to do. At first I had a lot of thoughts about whether or not I could even do it. I remember telling her, I don't think I can do this because I have diabetes. What if I get a low blood sugar? I'm going to have to break the fast. It's just not going to work. I don't, I don't think this is, this is not going to work for me, but I tried it for a few days and it worked. The problem was, is that it was dirty fasting and I just ended up being extremely hungry the whole time I was doing it. But nonetheless, I did it for a couple months and it actually helped me get down to my goal weight of 113 pounds. So I ended that round of Weight Watchers, round two of Weight Watchers in February, 2020. And that was right before COVID. And I still have all my notebooks from that time. My last weigh-in in February, 2020 was 112 pounds. So I had achieved my goal, but then it was COVID. And I don't think I have to tell you what happened, but I ended up at 118 pounds during COVID, which isn't as bad as my 123 pound high mark, but it was 118 pounds and I, I wanted to lose weight. Funnily enough, it was Anna to the rescue again. Don't you love how she just is on the cutting edge of everything diet related? Anyway, she introduced me to a hypnosis program that you would do every single day for, I think it was 27 days, something like that. It was a 25 minute track and it would tell you, you enjoy healthy foods. You don't eat past the point of being full. You imagine your stomach is the size of your fist and you don't eat more than the size of your fist. It was a really interesting reprogramming exercise for my brain and it worked immediately. I went down from 118 pounds to 107 pounds in record time. I don't think I've ever lost weight that quickly in my life. It was one of those things where I would peel a mandarin orange and just stop eating after like two slices and I would just say, oh, I'm so full. I just can't eat another slice of this mandarin orange. It really was like magic. It was like a cure for overeating, but unfortunately it did not last. So maybe it worked for about three or four months. And then I think you can probably guess what happened. Fast forward to mid 2021, my weight was 123 pounds again. And I'm telling you, it really is a cycle with me. I'm telling you 123 pounds. I knew I had to do something. I didn't want to do Weight Watchers again. So I tried hypnosis, but at this point, I think my brain was tired of hearing the track. So it didn't work. Around the same time, I had seen some advertisements for Noom. And if you haven't heard of Noom, it's also another good program. It shares a lot with Weight Watchers. It's, it's sort of different, but it's the same sort of concept where they encourage more fruits and vegetables and lean proteins, and they discourage high fat foods and high carb foods. And they have a, a system where they give you a green dot for leafy vegetables and fruits and yellow for some of the things you want to eat in moderation. 
and then red for some of the things that you should stay away from, like sweets and high carb things. So I did that and it, it was really, it was just torture for me, not because it's a bad program, but I just had no enthusiasm for it. And I mean, no enthusiasm. So I was just, I was just tired, tired of dieting. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I ended up losing miraculously about six pounds on Noom. And then at about July, 2021, I heard the juice box podcast. And I don't know if you have heard of it, but it's a great podcast for managing type one diabetes. The host Scott Benner had a guest on named Jen Stevens, and she wrote fast feast repeat and delay don't deny. If you haven't seen those books, I highly recommend that you get them. They're both incredible intermittent fasting books. When she was on the program, she was talking about the clean fast, which I'd never heard of. I was only exposed to the dirty fasting and I knew that didn't work. So I thought to myself, I wonder if I clean fast, if intermittent fasting might be a better fit for me. So then I started late July, early August, 2021, and I had a starting weight of 117 pounds because remember I had lost six pounds from Noom and I started intermittent fasting right on the back of that. I weighed in this morning at 93 pounds and honestly I haven't been at that weight since high school. So it's been a really incredible weight loss journey for me with intermittent fasting. And this entire podcast is really going to be about intermittent fasting with diabetes and some of the things that I've learned along the way about my protocol, how I've managed my insulin and my settings, working out and we'll also have some guests on that that detail their experiences so you can hear about it from more than one person as i said at the beginning of the program it's not just about the weight loss intermittent fasting has helped me improve my blood sugar control and it has so many other non-scale victories and i feel like it's truly a lifestyle that i can maintain i really i really can't imagine Going back to my former way of eating, which was three meals a day plus many snacks throughout the day, I, I just feel like thankfully I have found <laughs> the way forward. I, I never thought that I would, but I found it. Anyway, as we get into future episodes, uh, we'll talk more about how you can individualize the approach for you. There's going to be a lot of trial and error. Just a warning, there was a lot of trial and error for me. There were a lot of low blood sugars, bad blood sugars along the way. But if you stick with it and you give it the appropriate time, you will see incredible results. And I think that my story is just one of the many, many stories of people that have diabetes and have been able to successfully pursue intermittent fasting. So thanks for joining me on this journey. I'm really looking forward to having our next podcast where we'll discuss a little bit more about my intermittent fasting protocol and how I manage my diabetes while intermittent fasting. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.